for this wonderful time of the study of the word of the living God. Come on and pray with me for just a moment. Father, we just thank you for this time of Bible study. Thank you for your divine presence. We ask that you speak afresh to us, open up our hearts and minds to receive your word and receive your truth. Bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to do something. I want to start off tonight in Proverbs chapter 7 in the Message Bible. So if you have a Message Bible, you want to get it. Um, buckle up, y'all. I want to tell you that I'm teaching out of the Word. I didn't make anything up, but uh, some of you might not have read it this way, so you're going to have fun listening, so hang in there tonight. Proverbs chapter 7 in the Message Bible, beginning at verse 6. I want to read this, and then we're going to begin launch into the lesson tonight. I want to read Proverbs chapter 7, verse, beginning at verse 6. As I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense. Arriving at the corner of the street where she lived, then turning up the path to her house, it was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. Just then, a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him, brazen and brass she was, restless and roaming, never at home, walking the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out at every corner in town. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took his arm and said, I've got all the makings for a feast today. I made my offerings, my vows all paid. So now I've come to find you, hoping to catch sight of your face. And here you are. I've spread fresh, clean sheets on my bed colorful imported linens. My bed is aromatic with spices and exotic fragrances. Come, let us make love all night. Spend the night in ecstatic lovemaking. My husband's not home. He's away on business and he won't be back for a month. I want to continue the dialogue we've been in, Answers for the Struggle, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. What a text. I know it's not one you read like way. So it's interesting to, to pull you in to the Holy Scriptures. As you notice during this uh, period, I'm following the book of Proverbs. And so each of the sermons are actually the Proverbs being revealed, each of the Bible studies. <clears throat> the other day, one of my favorite comedians who gives these short little uh, comments had a sign up that I never knew existed. It was known as Shula King on YouTube. And the sign he had up was, beware of pickpockets and loose women. Beware of pickpockets and loose women. These signs are a warning around the French Quarter in New Orleans. Beware of pickpockets and loose women. 
let, let, me, let me put you up on game here. That's street language for let me, let me, let me help you with some knowledge. Pickpockets and loose women, New Orleans or New Orleans is full of both during Mardi Gras. Sometimes a loose woman would distract a man so that a pickpocket can pick him clean. Other times, the pickpocket would entangle a woman into getting someone into private spaces and uh, they're unaware after they have been engaged in some activity only to find out that they were robbed of all of their resources. Beware of pickpockets and loose women. Warning, warning, warning. I suppose the, the reality is that every city has a red light district. It may not be official, but it's there. Most of you might not know it in your city because you just don't go out late at night. But as Houdini says, the freaks come out at night. And that's not the magician, that's the musician. You know, places like Holland or Amsterdam have legalized districts, but it's a global industry, old as time. There are pros, and then there are, you fill in the blank. The, the reality of our existence is that you need to recognize that there are all kinds of temptations in the world and all kinds of people that are involved in them. And I, I should express this even more broadly by saying it could be a lady of the night, it could be a sidewalk hostess, or even lady cocaine, or any other kind of methamphetamine, lady drug du jour of the day. It could be your fetish, number one, two, and three. But there are all kinds of things in this world that seek to pull us away from being our best selves. It's interesting because most people would not want to admit it. But the reality is that everybody experiences some form of temptation at some given time in your life. And I don't know what your temptation may have been or may yet be. But if you try to tell me there has been no temptation in your life, I would simply say that that may be that you have been a monk somewhere when I don't even think you get away there. I don't know who you are. More than likely, I could say you're probably not a person of truth-telling. The thing that he catches this person with is that I recognize the naivete in the individual who walking down the street gets caught up. And what he tells them is, if you come into her domain, she's winning. You're not outsmarting her at her game. If you come into the, the domain of temptation, she, she's winning. You're not outsmarting her at her game. She, she knows how to win that game. 
You, you, you ain't got no clue. You ain't got no clue. You, you, you think you're doing something. Years ago, uh, I've told this before, and hopefully I'm not telling too much on myself. My, my, I was on the phone one time, and I was trying to call myself rapping, you know, had a little, little old music in the background, talking and talking and talking. And uh, that back in the days of rotary phones and one phone in the house, and you couldn't be on for so long. And my dad happened to be there. He came in. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm on the phone. I'm, I'm talking to this girl. My dad said, and what for? I said, well, I'm trying to, you know, trying to talk. I came in here. But my, my dad said, boy, one day you'll learn. That girl already decided what she wanted to do with you before you ever picked that phone up. And there's nothing you're going to say. That, 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 there's something to be said about what's in the mind of others. You have to realize there are both female and male gigolos. This is a gender equality uh, message. Anybody can be a garden object. You're like, I cleaned that up. The, the reality is that, 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 you know, while the text is related here to a woman seducing a man, there's just as much going on that men seduce women for pleasure with no desire for anything other than the intimacy of the pleasure. We, we sing about it. It's been sung about. It's been lauded. It's been laughed about. It's been talked about. I, I remember years ago there was a group called called Atlantic Star and Atlantic Star had a song called Secret Lover uh, you, you probably remember that, that song the, the chorus went something like Secret Lover that's what we are trying to, hard to hide the way we feel cause we both belong to someone else but we can't let go cause what we feel is oh so real so real there's something about it here that the secret lovers are there the desire is there the temptations are there they are real uh, TLC had a number that was out you remember the group TLC tragically lost one of their members Lisa Left Eye Lopez I believe TLC had a song out called uh so I creep, uh, and, and that that song uh, said something about so I creep, yeah. I just keep it on the down low, except nobody is supposed to know. So I creep, yeah, cause he doesn't know what I do, and no attention goes to show. Oh, the the reality is, secrets and creepings have been going on a long time. And the truth of the matter is <laughs> that folk have been dealing with it in song and in verse and in laughter and carrying on. You know, you know uh, I, I don't want to bring in too many of these secular songs. I'm, somebody's having flashbacks, and I don't want to trigger you here. But uh, uh, Naughty by Nature had a song out some years ago called OPP. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. Who down with OPP? Everybody. 
other peoples and you can fill in the last P when you think about it. The truth of the matter is that in verse 18, the woman says, what we're doing is secrecy. There's one translation that gives verse 18 of Proverbs 7 says, there's no fear of discovery with secrecy secured. There's nothing to fear. You, you, we've got this. There is a seduction, an enticing speech caused him to yield to the flattery of her mouth and at which point, yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Sister Joanne. I have to be up on these things to bless the saints with these kind of songs. Listen, the, the, the thing is that what people have to come up with and recognize is that we all have to worry about our impulses. We all have to worry about our urges. See, impulsivity is the prompting of the soul to act on thought unfiltered. Let me say it again. Impulsivity is the prompting of the soul to act on thought unfiltered. So a thought comes across my mind and I act on it without thinking it through. I was, uh, I was listening one time, I was at a, a concert, my uncle is a wonderful jazz musician, you, you can look up some of his music sometimes, his name is Willie Ruff, he's a part of what is called the Mitchell Ruff Duel, Longtime professor at Yale University, he's my mother's brother, and, um, and he's a great musician, he plays both the French horn and the bass, and that's the tall upright bass. And uh, so I, we went one time to hear him play. We, he was playing at, uh, at Wellesley Hall at Yale. And uh, him and Mitchell were playing. Mitchell was on the, on, the, on the baby, on the grand piano. Unc was there on the bass. And they were throwing down. And this place was jam-packed. Matter of fact, I was sitting up in, the, in a high seat in the balcony. This place was jam-packed. And everybody was like, mm. And they were kind of snapping, and I was like, I just wanted to holler, play Unc! But I didn't say anything because I saw where I was at. You know, they, they were all chill out. So, I, so after the concert, we were laughing and talking with Unc, and, and I said, man, I just wanted to holler out, play Unc! And he said, whew, I'm so glad you didn't do that. The impulse was there. But after I filtered the crowd and realized this ain't the regular arena for call and response. Sometimes people fail to filter impulse with thought. And, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put it another way. Whenever we fail to process thoughts, we open ourselves to act against our spiritual guidelines functioning exclusively in the flesh and or soulish self. Now, if you notice I'm using flesh, put that back on the screen for just a moment if you don't mind. You notice I'm using flesh and soulish self 
because I want you to see these this as a synonymous thing. So when you hear me talk about your soul or your soulish self or flesh, I'm talking about the same thing. And I'm trying to make sure you get that in your spirit. You have to be careful because I think that controlling one's impulse is the delineation between best self and natural self. Best self and natural self. To act on impulse, to act on my nature, to act on what I like, to do what I want to do is my natural self. But to control that, I am now in a position where I get to decide what is my best self so that I have to recognize that certain things happen that I have to bring under subjection, under subjection. You know, Naughty by Nature, which was the group that I was quoting when I was doing OPP, is not just a group name, it's reality. We are, all of us, naughty by nature. I don't care who you are. I don't care how saved you've been. I don't care if you spoke in tongues. I don't care if you run down the aisle. I don't care if you wear the longest dress or, the, or the, the, you got the best suit on. All of us, the Bible says, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're all naughtier by nature than we would like to let other folks know we are. The thing that we have to always balance and work through is how to keep ourselves under subjection. And what this text is all about, through the example that I just read, is what that's a long example there. What this text is all about is impulse control through wisdom. Impulse control through wisdom. Thank you, Doxia. Impulse control through wisdom. And what I want to do is I want to be able to control my impulses by using wisdom, by processing, by taking that 30-second count, by pausing, by filtering what I'm about to do through what is the logic of my mind so that I get a chance for the Spirit of God to make an impression upon me and to tell me right from wrong and to re redirect my life. Unfortunately, most of us and the whole world saw what happened with Will Smith as he walked up and laid hands on Chris Rock. The tragedy of that moment was that the greatest moment of his life, his first ever Oscar, the greatest moment of his life, reaching the pinnacle of success in his profession, will always be tainted by that part of the story. The tragedy. Denzel Washington said to him, it is at the highest moments of your life when the devil comes for you. The, the reality is that impulse control through wisdom. And oh my goodness, I, it's so painful 
to, to see and witness is so painful. When the, when the story was told, when Chris Rock made his joke about Jada, I did not laugh. My wife and I were watching. I did not laugh because I didn't think it was funny, given what I knew about what she had struggled with. And so many women struggle with their hair, but a woman who is battling with alopecia or any woman who's losing her hair for whatever reason, that's not funny to her. It's not funny, it's not a joke. And any man of sensitivity would know better than that, but still, you gotta control yourself. You gotta, you gotta control yourself. And, and, and I'm not trying to pick on my brother. I'm not trying to pick on Will. I'm not trying to pick on, I'm not going into all those other things about whatever else. All I want to make sure of is that you get this. This statement that I'm going to give, this is something I believe in, is, is this. You can write this down, take it to the bank, keep it in your goodie up bag, share it with other people. If you do not control your attitudes, awarenesses, attachments, and actions, you'll deal with the aftermath. You'll deal with the aftermath. One more time, if you don't mind, Brother Solomon. If you do not control your attitudes, your awarenesses, let me do this again. Your attitudes are the way I, I think and process, how I keep my disposition. That's my attitude. My awareness of that which is around me, my awareness of people, my awareness of my triggers, my awareness of my temptations. Let me say it again. Because awareness of my triggers are going to keep me from being in certain places or allowing people to trigger me into something I don't want to be in. Awareness of my attachments, the things that I'm gravitating to, holding on to. Awareness of my actions. What will this action mean to me and what will happen after this action? If I cannot control it, guess what happens? I have to deal with the aftermath. And so in, instead of being able to cry tears of joy, I've got to deal with what's going on in my life now. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it. The reality is, is that all of our lives are filled with these two words. Just two words give, give everything we need. It is control or consequences. That's it. Just two words. Control or consequences. And it works in every area of your life. I know there are areas of my life that I would like to bring in better control and better, better placement. But because they're not in place now, I have to deal with the consequences. I have to deal with what happens. So it's either control or consequences. And, and you have to recognize that, that when the consequence comes, you can't be mad because you have to recognize some of that was in your control. It's difficult to understand. It's difficult to, to deal with. But the reality is that I have to deal with myself. I, I think that um, one of the great lessons, and there are three major lessons in the text that I'll give before I close out tonight. 
But one of the great lessons before I get into that is simply this, that in life, there will be things, situations, people, triggers, opportunities, options, that I will always be called upon to make decisions about. And I have to make sure that I do the best to make the right decision. Because one way or the other, I'm gonna have to deal with it. One way or the other, I'm gonna have to handle it. And sometimes it's not public, sometimes it's very private. Sometimes no one else knows that you're dealing with it but you. Sometimes, and that's just the blessing of God that, that it allowed it not to be so. Sometimes it's between you and God, but you have to realize we never get away with anything. We never get away with anything. There's always something to deal with. There's always something. But learning what, what triggers you keeps you in wisdom, keeps you walking by wisdom so that the Spirit of God gets to dominate the soulish man, the soulish woman, so that your decisions are now being impressed upon by the Spirit of God within you, and therefore your decisions are going to be better and are going to be beneficial because your decisions have been informed by the holy. Decisions informed by the holy are always going to have outcomes that are beneficial, outcomes that are prosperous. Decisions that are informed by that which is unholy are always going to have outcomes that are deleterious, that are negative. And what I've got to do is I've got to make sure that the control center of my life is always being influenced by the spirit of the living God. That, that's a great, great word there, order my steps. I want, my, I want God to order my steps, but when I'm walking my steps, even if God orders my steps, I just not tell everybody this now, you know, doesn't mean that there's not going to be stuff along the way that's going to try and get my attention because distractions are everywhere. Let's go. The text teaches us three main lessons. The text teaches us three main lessons. The first lesson is this. It is to love wisdom. To love wisdom. Let's read it, beginning at verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you, so they are readily available to guide you. So, He's saying that this word that you're going to treasure is going to be a part of the decision-making process because you'll be able to take what I'm giving you to use it when you're getting ready to make a choice. He says, keep my commandments and live and keep my teachings and law as the apple of your eye. The, the phrase apple of your eye means simply precious. Treat it as precious. Bind them securely on your fingers. 
Write them on the tablet of your heart. Write them into your spirit. Write them in on the tablet of your heart. Put them, ingrain them. Say to the skillful and godly wisdom, wisdom, you are my sister. And regard understanding and intelligent insight as your, as your intimate friends. Wisdom, you're my sister. Insight, you're my friend. I, I, I want to I I do something different. That they may keep you from immorality. It says immoral women, but I'm going to say immorality of whatever kind. From the foreigner who does not observe God's laws and who filters with her smooth words. You know, uh, Sade had a song called Smooth Operator. There are people who have the gift of tongue and they can talk you into stuff and position you into things that you would not go into if you were not listening to what they have to say. You've got to be careful. He says, you need to keep this word in you which will keep you away from that which will take you out of the perfect plan and will of God for your life. Keep it in you. Keep it in your spirit. Keep it as the spark of your life, the apple of your eye. Keep it in you. Make it precious to you. Treat wisdom like a familial thing, like a loving sister. Recognize how important it is to get understanding. Recognize how important it is to walk in intelligence and insight. Recognize how important it is. He says, you've got to hold these dear. Hold it dear. Love it. Love wisdom. Jeremiah 31 and 33 says this. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. God wants us to be so established in him and in his word and in his truth that it pervades our thinking and it pervades our heart. And by heart, it's simply talking about now my emotions. I want to have my emotions, my will, and my intellect so tied up into the covenant word of God that it becomes something I love. I love the word. I love what God is doing. I love what God is saying. I want to keep God's word. I want to hold that word dear to my heart. I want nothing to take me from that word. I want to make that word a permanent part of my being because that's how I'm going to best live my life to its fullest and be my best self. Let me, let me say this again. You're going to be yourself at all times. You can't help but be yourself at all times because you are yourself. The thing you have to ask yourself is will I be my best self? Will it be the best me that you're greeting? Will it be the best of me that you're seeing? Will it be the best of me that is having an impact on your life? Will it be the best of you that I will see? Um, I'll put it another way. When you, um, when you dress to come out of your house, just say you're going to a, a dinner somewhere. 
you dress to bring your best self to this occasion. You want your best self to be seen. If you have good curves, you want that to show up. If your curves are not good, you want to you wanna cover them up a little more. If, if your curves are more than you want, you want to shrink them in with some skims and spanks and whatever. The old-fashioned girdle with, some, uh, with the little hooks on. You, whatever you need, you want to bring your best self. You want to get your makeup on, your hair done. I, I, I don't want to leave the house, my head not, not shaved and right, my beard not trying to halfway look decent. Why? Because I want to present my best self. That's my, my best public self. And what we all want to do is to live our best self life all the time. I want to live my best self life this, this, is, this is going somewhere. I want to live my best self life all the time, regardless of what it looks like on the outside. Because you notice, when he was getting closer to her, it was twilight. As he got closer into her lair, it became darker. Mm -hmm. the, the, the second lesson here, the first lesson is the love wisdom. The second lesson is that you have to be careful of loose women and lecherous men. For those of you who don't know the word lecherous, the word lecherous means unrestrained or excessive indulgence of sexual desire. Be careful of loose women and lecherous men. There are some people that have yielded themselves over to their flesh to the point where even people in the street know that they have surpassed the boundary of decorum. And so you hear phrases like, they've been passed around, they've been with so many people, they will say something like, she belongs to the street. He belongs to the streets. And what they mean is they have done so much that even folk who do a lot say you're doing a lot. It's like, it's like you drank so much that even a drunk said, I can't get that drunk. It's like, it's like you have, you, you've done so much that even you know, Cat Williams has a joke he tells about Snoop, and he tells that Snoop's on another level in some of the things he does. Cat, Cat said, I can't hang with that. You, you, there are certain things that just go beyond even what folks say. who. And he says here that you and I have to have the sense to recognize that there are people and there are things that are seductive in the world that we have to watch out for. And that those things that are seductive in the world, notice what verse 12 says. At times she was in the streets, at times she was in the marketplaces, lurking and setting her ambush at every corner. It's simple that there, there, there are things and people and places, you need to recognize 
that there are some people in this world who have in their spirit they have allowed themselves to get to the place where all they think about is doing what they want to do and they become uncareful about it and they lose all definition I, I, um, I, I've set all this up to to mention one I've just mentioned one individual and I really worked hard to make sure I, I don't want to I don't want to shame anyone I'm not trying to be rude or crude and the only reason I'm using her is because she has a book out about her own life and so I figured if you tell it then I'll I'll share it but other than that I'm not trying to do that people say oh you you just slut shaming women or you just you trashing I'm not trying to trash anybody I'm just making an example and a point on this thing here this woman by the name of Corinne Stephens she has a, a nickname that I, I, I don't mention at this point now. But her book is out uh, called Confessions of a Video Vixen. In her book, and she's a beautiful girl, in her book she talks about how she got her nickname. And, and she goes into dealing with the inner workings of the hip-hop industry and how she was video dancing and making $2,500 a day and all the things that she'd been through. But in her life, she had been through physical and emotional abuse. And that same abuse triggered by the industry led her into an excessive use of drugs, an excess with sex, an excess with bling. And then all of a sudden, she found herself being in a world where people began to exploit her and she began to exploit herself. <clears throat> she recognized later on, matter of fact, since her <clears throat> those days, she doesn't even go by this name anymore. She, she recognized later on the dangers of this and, and she tries to help other women avoid the life that she went into and the romanticized life of videos and being on, on those dances. And, and she tries to get people to see it. The truth of the matter of her life and the exploitation of her life is that when she began to tell her story about her life, a part of making her story relevant was naming people that she had been with. Whether or not she had been with them or not, I don't know, and I'm not trying to make that a part of this message. The point being is that her truth became destructive everywhere. The thing that people have to recognize and what the text suggests is that there must be a care given that the naivete we may function in, in entering into relationships, in, in getting around people who want to bring us in, that we've gotta be wise. We've gotta, we've gotta be wise. Let's read that same scripture we read in the beginning, just a few verses. I wanna read it beginning from the Amplified Version. He says that, he says, for at the window of my house, in other words, I was looking out and I saw this happen in front of me. I looked out through my lattice. So in other words, I was in a position 
they couldn't see me, but I could see them. Let me just say this. There's always somebody that sees. And among the naive, that's what the Amplified put it, the inexperienced and gullible, I saw among the youth a young man lacking good sense. The object lesson of the text is to give him good sense so that he realizes that the person that he is about to enter into relationship with, dressed in, in street clothes, the text in verse 10 uses like dressed as a prostitute. There, there's certain dress that, that, that the uniform. He said, look, I needed him to know, I want other young men to know that these situations come up and they'll mess up your life. He says, look, I want you to go down with me now. Let's go down. She says in verse 16, she said, I've spread my couch with coverings, cushions of tapestry, with colored fine linen of Egypt. I perfume my bed with mirth, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us console and delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not home, he's on a long journey. He has taken a big bag of money and he will not come. He will come home on the appointed day. Here's the trick. With her many persuasions, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Caught like a fat rat in a cheese. She, she caught. Now watch this. He says, suddenly, he went after her, and now he now pitches the young man, totally different from his naivete in, in that state. He pitches him now as getting ready to be eaten up. He says, he goes as an ox goes to the slaughter, not knowing the outcome. Boy, you getting ready to get chewed up, and spit out and you have no clue. You're an ox to the slaughter or as one in stocks going to correction to be given to a fool. He says, until an arrow pierce his liver with a mortal wound, like a bird fluttering straight into the net, he did not know that it would cost him his life. He suggests that what happens is that when we give in, when we give in, he says, we don't even realize it could cost us everything. It could cost your life. It could cost everything. It could cost you your life. It costs your very existence in the world. And, and, and so what he's trying to suggest to this young man is you learn this lesson now that you can preserve yourself in the future. And that's the, <coughs> that's the suggestion I offer now. There are things that you can process out and say, man, that ain't going to work. That's going to be a mess. That, that's, man, this, this is not, this is going to be a, when you process it to the end result, you know 
it's not going to be what I wanted it to be. Finally, here, let me just drop this one on you here. Uh, Deuteronomy 23, 17 through 18 says, There shall be no ritual harlot of the daughters of Israel or a perverted one of the sons of Israel. You shall not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog to the house of the Lord your God for any vowed offering. For both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. She talks about having given the, uh, I paid my vow. Really? Really? You can't sanitize some stuff. I'm done. I'm done. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to close. I know some of y'all are just sitting there going like, help me, Holy Ghost. The last point of the message, the last main point, is to live wisely. Live wisely. Live wisely. Here's what he says. Now, therefore, my son, listen to me. He goes back. If you can see this, it's A-B-A. Starts out with this listening, goes back to the listening. He says, listen to me. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Don't let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not in, in, in stray into her evil, immoral path. And let me say this to the sisters. Don't, don't let some jive-talking brother get you in a whole lot of trouble. Don't, don't, don't let somebody pull your, your heartstrings and feed you a line and mess up your, your life. You've got you to be, because like I said in the beginning, there are just as many brothers playing this game as there are sisters. And matter of fact, I would suggest, while maybe not paid directly in cash, there are just as many male prostitutes as there are female. Help me, Holy Ghost. And they'll set you up. And you'll think you're into a relationship and what you're entering into is a deal. And they're expecting to be compensated for being around you. Help me. For she has cast down many. In other words, this thing here, you, won't, you are not the first and you won't be the last. She's already cast down many, mortally wounded. She done killed some folk. Indeed, all who were killed by her were strong. He said, look, you got to know she done took down people bigger than you. I know you think you got this, but you don't got this. She'll take you down. She'll take you out. Her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. He says, live wisely. Don't let yourself get caught up in the snare. And anybody who's ever been in the snare, and we all have, in some point in your life, and I'm not talking about just these intimate sins. I'm talking about just, just listening to the wrong people, doing the wrong thing, going the wrong place, getting triggered to act out of your character. Hear me closely. I go back to the top of the lesson control or consequences. Recognize the more you're able 
to bring yourself. And some of this will come with maturity. Some of this will come with age. The more you're able to bring your mind and body and spirit unto discipline, the more you will be able to live a life that has more blessings than it does burdens. Because God blesses the wise. God bless you. I hope you are still with me tonight. God bless you. Thank God for you. Thank you for joining me tonight for Bible study. My prayers and love go out to each one of you. If you're listening to me tonight and you think that this is the kind of church you want to be a part of, you're not a part of this ministry, I invite you to join us. Call us. Email us. Get in touch with us. Yeah. Get in touch with us. We'd love to have you as a part of this ministry. The number is on there. The email address is there. You've got to realize that this is a good time for you to be a part of a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And yes, we teach the whole Bible, even the parts that you don't normally read. We teach those as well. I love you all with the love of the Lord. I want to invite you to give tonight. You can give uh, as a part of this ministry. As you know, everything you give on Tuesday night, with the exception of there's a visitor, we give it back into the community. I hope you will get this and will be a part of us. Thank you so much. I'm so glad someone mentioned that Kelly Price song. That was an interesting song as well. It's interesting to each of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Please pray for the families of our church that are bereaved. Keep the Murphy family in prayers. We will lay Sister Cora Murphy to, to rest tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. calling hours, 11 a.m. service. Uh, also, please keep the Jenkins family in your prayers. And uh, please keep Sister Sorette Williams and her family in your prayers. Sorette's mother went home to be with the Lord as well. The Jenkins family, Sister Viola went home to be with the Lord. I believe she's, I believe she's just very sick and she's on uh, in hospice care. Please keep them in your prayers. Uh, there are so many people that are going through, and I pray that you pray for one another. And just remember, everybody needs somebody to call on the Lord for them. I thank you so much for being with us tonight. I pray that you enjoyed this word of God. Come back. We're still teaching. We're still live, and I'm following the book. So if you get mad at me, you're really mad at the book because I'm just giving you what the word of God says. Amen? There's a better way to live. Control of consequences. That's God's word. Love you all. See you again real soon. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock prayer. Be online. Let's talk to the Lord. Go in peace tonight. And may the peace of God rest, rule, and abide and reign in your hearts and minds. Now and forth and forevermore. And you know what I say. Shalom. <laughs>